We're in uh, Luke uh, chapter 1 today. We'll be uh, primarily focusing on uh, verse 26 that uh, has to do with the angel Gabriel appearing unto uh, uh, Mary and and announcing the coming of the, the Savior. We'll back up just a little bit just to kind of review where we where we were since it's been several weeks since we were here, but uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Previously, we were we were uh, in the section uh, earlier in the chapter dealing with the the announcement of the coming of of John the Baptist and <coughs> the the things that he was going to be he was ordained to do by God <coughs> and. Uh, verse 15 says, He shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of <clears throat> Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the, <clears throat> the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared... Uh, for the Lord and uh, Zacharias said unto the angel, Where sh- "Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years." And the angel answering said unto him, "I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believed not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season." And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he couldn't speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass, as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after uh, those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he he looked on me to take away the report, my reproach among men. And so we remember that uh, Zacharias, his function as it was his lot, they had a rotation of duties and he was in the temple performing the duties of a priest and, and his duty was to light the incense at the altar and while he was doing that, the people prayed out, outside and <clears throat> um, and then we mentioned that uh, that uh, John was uh, said he would be uh, in verse uh, seventeen. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elisha, Elias. And re- remember, we 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 went back and we looked at Elijah the the, the Tishbite, and that that word Tishbite kind of give the uh, the meaning of turning. And it says here that uh, John, many would, shall he turn to the Lord their God. And and uh, so we, we kind of explored that a little bit. And so this next segment of the scripture in Luke's gospel again follows the, the, the original theme where he says, uh, we want to set forth in order a declaration of those things 
which are most assuredly believed among us. And there, there's a lot to unpack here, and, and our pastor will be uh, going into some of this in, in the sermon a little bit later this morning. But uh, having described the, the circumstances of the messenger of the Lord that was sent to prepare the Lord's way, that would be John. Now, now our attention is directed to the circumstances of, of the virgin birth of the Savior and in the in the person of Jesus, the Messiah, which is uh, declared to be interpreted as the the Christ, uh, mean, means anointed. Uh, it's not his last name. Uh, kind of, we kind of get in that habit of just oh, uh, saying Jesus Christ, like it's John Smith or. But it's it's a title. It's the the, the anointed, the sent one of the Lord, uh, and <clears throat> our our attention is directed to some key elements in verses 25 and uh, 26 uh, through 56. Here, Mary in this, it we didn't quite read that far, but that she confesses her her faith and her belief in declaring God my Savior. She ha- she understood something. I, I really enjoyed that that that, that uh, article by Spurgeon, where he he talks about her rejoicing in the Lord, and and it just struck me that that that's something that a regenerated person comes to understand when they under, come to understand what happened to them in regeneration. They they realize that God did something for them that they, they could not do for themselves, could never do for themselves, were not qualified to do for themselves. And and she just rejoiced in the Lord doing that for her. And uh, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Give to, to Him be the honor and the glory and then the credit. Uh, and so much of religion is tied up in, well, here's what what I did. And, and uh, it's all self-pointing uh, and and uh, and useless. And my spirit rejoices in in God, my Savior. And I can think of a couple of times since I've been saved where I've seen some things that the Lord has done, and you, and it just leaves you speechless, and it just leaves you with just such a sense of awe, and you just rejoice in that, and. Uh, it, it's just hard to explain it as Norm has a, a note in his his office that that essentially says you know I could there's there's no explanation that you can give a faith to someone that's not saved but to someone that is saved there's there's no explanation needed they they understand perfectly well and uh, so her belief in God, my Savior, presupposes a, a knowledge of an actual need to be saved. Uh, just, uh, just that is a, a miracle in itself that one is brought to a point where they, they recognize a need of a Savior. And, and here we have the necessity of the virgin birth uh, laid forth due to the, the circumstances of the fallen Adam and the passing through to all his progeny by birth, the sin nature, uh, which we all inherit, and thereby rendering any male descendant of Adam 
by natural means is disqualified to satisfy the righteousness of God in saving his people. Just not would not qualify. And uh, in the, uh, turn with me in First Peter chapter one for just a minute, and we'll just read a few verses from First Peter chapter one, verse eighteen through twenty-one. <clears throat> he writes, "For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your your vain or useless manner of life received by tradition from your fathers." but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He had, he had to fulfill that requirement. <clears throat> and that had to be arranged by God. It couldn't, been, it couldn't have happened by natural means. Uh, as in the case where we, we, we contrasted this with John's birth, he, it, was, it was divinely ordained, but it was achieved through natural conception uh, with uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Uh, <clears throat> in verse 20 of 1 Peter, it says, Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest, made known in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might might be in God. Uh, what a what a insightful uh thing that the Holy Spirit gives us through Peter there. The particulars are, are laid down in, in, in all the scripture <coughs> Excuse me. concerning our Lord from the beginning. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, or chapter 3 rather, verse 14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And above every beast of the field upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And unto Adam and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them, the death of a substitute to make a covering. I was just reading a, a, a few minutes ago in in Ezekiel where the in that section of I think it was chapter sixteen where he's talking about I found you and, and you were naked and in your blood and I cleaned you up and I, I covered you with badger skins it says that. And it, it just struck me as interesting that badger skins are a covering in the tabernacle, uh, uh, kind of a parallel there. Uh, we'll maybe explore at a later time. But uh, so, uh, but surely here in Genesis chapter three, it describes as the uh, a subs the death of a substitute to make a covering. And uh, the declaration of a need of a substitute passed from Adam to to his progeny. And in the case of Abel, uh, which we have recorded in in Hebrews, uh, who by faith offered a more excellent sacrifice. Firstling of the flock, it said. And in contrast to his brother, which brought the works of his own hands. uh, Here's what I did and and all the things that didn't portray uh, 
a lamb without blemish, without spot, slain from before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> and uh, so you can read about that in uh, Genesis chapter 4 if you would want to go back for uh, verse 1 through through 5. It said, to Cain and his offering, he had not respect. It didn't picture what the Lord intended. <clears throat> and he got the same message that that Abel did, and yet it was meaningless to him. Uh, and all were familiar with the law and the prophets, and all were aware of the the circumstances that that God had ordained regarding His Son coming into the world. Uh, in Isaiah, the seventh chapter, verse fourteen. Uh, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, that's pretty pretty direct. <laughs> a virgin shall conceive. And, and uh, it, it reminded me of, of in, uh, when our pastor was going through the book of Habakkuk. He says, I'm going to do a work that if someone told you about it, you wouldn't believe it. And, and Paul quotes that in Acts, the 13th chapter, and he gives a kind of a soliloquy there of this history. And, and he quotes that passage from Habakkuk in, in re, regards to the, the redemption of the church. I'm going to do a work that even if someone told you about, you, would, you wouldn't believe it. And Isaiah wrote himself in chapter 53, Who hath believed our report? The, who hath believed our report is the ones that the Lord has given a new heart to, to that we believe according to the working of His mighty power. That's who believes the report, and to them, they they don't fuss about it. They just say, "Thank God, <laughs> thank God, uh, thank God." That name Emmanuel is a uh, uh, in the Old Testament in in Isaiah. It's it's. Uh, Emmanuel, and in the Greek it's Emmanuel, and we've we've seen that that kind of Greek uh, rendering of of Hebrew names and Isaiah, Isaiah, uh, uh, and that kind of thing. And we find that same thing here in in uh, Matthew chapter one verse twenty three. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is uh, God with us isn't that handy when the they give you the interpretation of it right <laughs> you don't even have to look it up here's what it means God with us and and uh, and it's really not so much a proper name as we would understand it but a, a title God with us uh, it, it's thou shalt call his name Jesus, but he's God with us, and there's many. He has many titles like that. Uh, uh, Behold, unto us a child is born; unto us a, a, a savior is given. A, he shall be the prince of peace. The, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and all those things that are written in the Old Testament that are. Uh, characteristics and titles of him, uh, 
<clears throat> so uh, certainly this fulfills it. Thou shalt call his name Jesus in uh, verse 31. <clears throat> uh, so let's read through from uh, verse 26 for today's lesson. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Boy, isn't that a, a wonderful thing to to hear. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There shall be no end. And Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be? Uh, kind of the same thing that Zacharias said, well, this is not normal. This is this is not the, in the normal course of things. How shall this be, saying, I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How amazing is is that? Uh, and you know when the Lord appears to them and tells them these things, and and understands and and ordains all these things. Uh, uh, the the timing was foretold, preordained. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6, I, I mentioned a little bit of that a minute ago. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Well, they don't call him Jesus Wonderful, or Jesus Counselor, although they should. Those are titles for him. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, all those... Uh, characteristics, all those attributes, the timing for, for ordained of God. In Galatians chapter 4, it's verse 4, it says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 26, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, and Norman's been going through that in the Wednesday night studies and and the they were sent back to to Jerusalem to carry that out by the decree of God and and 
So from the command to restore and build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Not going to be here for a long time. He's going to come accomplish the mission that was laid down in the covenant of grace, giving his life a ransom for many, for uh, the, laying down his life for the sheep. And the conception of the Savior by the, the Holy Spirit. It, the angel said under fear not. This is not going to be normal, but fear not. For thou hast found favor with God, and, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. <clears throat> he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, Son of God, the Son of Man. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And we'll look into that a little bit more when we get into chapter 3, when we go into the, the lineage of the, of the Lord. And, and there's some scriptures there that, that Messiah isn't going to come until the throne departs, the, the scepter departs. And certainly it had departed by the time that we get to this uh, point in time. and uh, So we'll, we'll look at that a little bit more later on. And uh, I wanted to call your attention to Psalm 139 for, for briefly. If you turn over to Psalm 139. On my uh, iPad, I just go boop, boop, and I'm <laughs> page turning is a, a little bit longer process here. I just want to read uh, verse uh, 13 through 16. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance, my body, was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. And curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. This lowest parts here is a—it's a reference to the reproductive portion of a female. Is it's kind of their vernacular that they use to describe that lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. This curiously wrought. It's uh, not in the ordinary way. 
and it's a word that's uh, uh, in the description of it talks about embroidery and this talks about him uh, the Lord talking about that the the curious way that the the Holy Spirit overshadowed the her and and wrought in him uh, wrought in her this this holy thing and it talks and it and it brings in this description of of embroidery and and we find that same term used kind of in the tabernacle where uh, the door of the the door of the tabernacle was embroidered with fine linen with embroidery on it. What a picture of I am the door. What a picture of, of Christ in this. And so it gives, it just kind of lends meaning to when Christ, when we get into the latter part of Luke, when he talks to those two on the road to Emmaus and he expounds to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And when we come to a thing that's just as simple <clears throat> as this embroidery, how it speaks to the the work of Christ and the and the fact that this conception through the Holy Spirit that would bring us God and man together that was able to fulfill the righteousness of God to be able to keep the law to to be able to do the thing that we could not do for ourselves. The thing <clears throat> the thing that crops up more and more in in all the scripture is the inability of man to do anything in his own behalf spiritually. He just doesn't have that capacity in them of himself. <clears throat> in Adam all die. That's just the the scripture says that. And it's clear that a descendant of, of Adam, the male lineage, would have inherited a sin nature <clears throat> just the same as John. And he would have not been a lamb without spot. He would have not been uh, able <clears throat> uh, to be an acceptable sacrifice, sacrifice. And the requirement was a lamb without spot. And... and so here we have in perfect combination decreed and ordained from God in eternity Jesus would be Son of Man and Son of God able to satisfy the requirements of the righteousness, justice and mercy of God completely and perfectly when the fullness of time was come. And God decreed when that time would, would be and he he spoke it through the prophets from the beginning that when it would be and even gave exact times when it would be according to his purpose <clears throat> and we don't know exactly why that purpose was at that particular time but that's the time that God decreed that that it would happen and and <clears throat> so when the fullness of time was come God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, 
to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Uh, that one other thing I, I wanted to mention too back in I, I missed my little note here but uh, this, when we're in Psalm 139 verse 15 where it says curiously wrought in, in connection with embroidery and things uh, that word means to variegate color. And it's kind of the same thing we find where in the New Testament where it talks about the manifold wisdom of God. And we talked about that in our studies on the rainbow and Noah and the covenant of grace there. And 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 maybe we'll look at a little bit more in uh, the, the code of many colors that, that Joseph had in our series on uh, the fabric of grace but uh, anyway I thought that was an interesting uh, Norman and I were talking this morning about how concise and precise is the the Hebrew and the Greek they're unambiguous in their words and they have a precise meaning and and sometimes that gets uh, muddled up in the English translation that's kind of evolved over time and uh, when we think of something wrought it's something that's been worked but we we sure don't get the vari- variegation of color out of that word <laughs> so uh, interesting point there that I, I enjoyed when I, I stumbled across it so and we'll look at that a, a little bit more in, a, in another study but so today, that's uh, we're going to stop there, and, and uh, Norman's going to pick up more in in this wonderful, wonderful birth of our Savior that would come and fulfill that which we could not do ourselves. Thank you for your attention, and as always, be free.